Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With 7-6 left, the miracle touchdown. Somebody that can save it all for... Tannehill, last shot, back to throw. They throw it down, they try to pitch it, and they do. Parker, Parker pitches it. Bleed Seats, the show everyone can afford to listen to. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo taking you through some of the glorious action from a badass Sunday of NFL football and Monday night. Heck, going back to Thursday, although Thursday was kind of crappy between the Titans and the Jags. But the story from Sunday, the miracle in Miami, Eric have you even slept yet? Holy ball sack. Absolutely not. I've been drowning in tequila. This is our Super Bowl. This is holy ball sack. I just, I really, I don't even know what to say, Zach. I, I've been, I I screamed. My pants came off. My, they flew off. I knew that they would be off. I just, the moment was insane. I was actually by myself in the house. The neighbors heard me. The, all, all, the, all the animals in the neighborhood all perked up. What the hell? They could hear me screaming at the top of my lungs. I couldn't believe what happened. I felt like, and if you heard at the beginning of that call, Joe Cephalo, where he's just, he's the play-by-play for the Dolphins, and he's just pretty much deflated. He's like, you know, <laughs> Tannehill back, one line shot. Here. here we go. You know, he's got 30 years worth of Dolphins. I'm expecting nothing good to yeah, happen. Yeah, Dolphins, you know, terribleness. And so I understand. I was right in his shoes, and then all of a sudden, Kenyon Drake, the fastest mother boobie. People don't realize how fast Kenyon Drake is. That dude is fast as balls, and the Patriots didn't realize it, and uh, it was capped off beautifully. Which is surprising because he killed them last year in December, too. That is true. I think yeah. it was a Monday nighter. Yeah. I don't know if it was a Monday nighter or not, but I know he, I remember it being a primetime game. There was a primetime against the Pats? Yeah, at home. Really? And they wow. beat him. Yeah, we beat him. Jarvis oh, had I, a yeah. good game, and Kenyon Drake had a good I remember that because I had a lot of fantasy implications riding on that game. And I was a Kenyon Drake owner, gotcha. and he led me to a victory because he had such a great game. 
Gotcha. Well, yeah, I almost had the opposite thing happen to me this week. Kenyon Drake almost ended up making me lose because I was playing the guy who Oof. had him. And so it was. I was jubilant and excited, and I was also like, oh, balls, I might lose my playoff game. I ended up not losing that. The Chupacabras move on to the next round. But Kenyon Drake gets the touchdown. It's capped off. Just, I mean, you couldn't even write this better. It's pure poetry. Rob Gronkowski, the polar bear, is stumbling to try and catch him as his body just falls apart, and he gives up none other than a 69-yard game-winning touchdown. I think that was the best part of the whole play. He's a he's a species man out there. As an unbiased person, obviously, you know, as a Dolphins fan, the fact that you scored and Kenyon Drake made it happen, yeah, it was a badass play, but the fact that you see... Just uncoordinated, big, goofy Rob Gronkowski (laughs) out there. Broken Rob. Just takes the worst angle imaginable. Looks like, for sure, he's going to cut off Kenyon Drake, and if he doesn't make the tackle, at least he's going to slow him up so somebody else will. (laughs) And the dude does literally the worst possible thing he could have done, and the question is why the hell was he even out there in the first place? Yeah, and he was in replacement of Devin McCourty. So dumb. A.K.A. like Their your best, best defensive player. Well, definitely your def- best secondary tackler. player. Yeah, in the secondary. Like the guy you want as your last defense is Devin McCourty. And uh, they were trying to prevent the Ryan Tannehill 70-yard Hail Mary touchdown as if he could channel his inner Aaron Rodgers, which we all know is physically impossible. For Ryan Tannehill, who's got an injured throwing shoulder, also got banged up ankle in that game, went out for a while, came back in. He's in no position to throw the ball 70 yards in the air. Why the bleep is Rob Gronkowski? This is one of those where Bill Belichick just outsmarted himself. He's done it twice now in the last year. He did it in the Super Bowl with Malcolm Butler. He just did it again with Rob Gronkowski. And uh, it's a shame. I don't feel bad for him at all. I feel great. The the, the looks on the Patriots fans. And that, that place was filled with Patriots fans in that stadium. And they were deflated, almost as deflated as their footballs. They were just beside themselves. Almost as deflated as the footballs. The Patriots probably won't lose another game this year uh, because Bill Belichick is so embarrassed after that defeat. I don't think he's going to allow his team to lose another game this year. But my gosh, what a victory for the Dolphins, and now they're right in the thick of things. We're in the mix, baby! They're right there. I mean, you said, look, they'll be in the hunt. That pretty much describes the Dolphins. No question. But it's not like the teams ahead of them Look that great right now. Besides the Chargers, that six seed is wide open. Yeah, and it worked out beautifully because Baltimore falls to Kansas City, which really helps us out. I really needed Houston to beat Indy because they got the leg up on us because they beat us a few weeks ago. But yeah, we're right there at seven and six, feeling good about ourselves, and our season's going to fall apart in the last game of the season. We go to Ralph Wilson Stadium, probably playing a blizzard in Buffalo where it gets dark at noon, and uh, our season's going to go crumbling to the foreign freaking whatever uh. Buffalo Bills. That's how we're going to lose. We're going we're gonna to need that game to get into the playoffs. I can see it now, and we are going to absolutely lose it. But that's not what matters. What matters is Kenyon Drake, Kenny Stills, Ted Larson with a freaking great block, and Tom Brady leaves Hard Rock Stadium with a 7-10 and record. He left it Hard Rock as hard as could be. Yeah, well, he was rocking, baby. Uh, yeah, Hard Rock was rocking. He was probably as flaccid as it gets because you sit, he's standing on the sidelines, he's smiling, he thinks he's won the game. Not so fast, my friend. Not so fast, Lee Corso. Congratulations to you, and congratulations to the Miami bleeping Dolphins out there as they knock off 
the hated New England Patriots. It's just so great to have a positive story because usually, like, if the Dolphins are being talked about on a national level, it's because Richie Incognito's bullying our, our rookie guard. Or Ryan know? Tannehill's hurt. Or Ryan Tannehill's Or there's hurt. a coaching change. Or our coach is snorting blow off yeah. the desk, you know, and sending <laughs> the video to yeah. a stripper in yeah. Vegas. You know, that's the kind of national stories we get. We don't get the miracle finish in Miami. We got it. Tom Brady, bleep you. Rob Gronkowski, bleep you. And Bill Belichick, bleep you, brother. Other news in the National Football League. Maybe the more shocking defeat of the weekend. How about the Pittsburgh Feelers going to Oakland and lose to the Raiders? The Steelers lost to the bleeping Raiders, Eric. John Gruden got himself his third victory as the new slash old head coach of the Raiders. Even with Big Ben leaving, coming back, trying to pull away, make a triumphant return, right? It didn't happen. The kicker sliding on his tuchus. Boswell! As he attempts the game winner, it doesn't happen. It gets blocked, and the Raiders are victorious. Yeah, then they go fire their GM, Reggie McKenzie. Hey, we just After got they've made game. all of these trades. Yeah, all these trades. Reggie McKenzie, you're the guy who drafted Khalil Mack. You're the guy who drafted Amari Cooper. Uh, and you know we what just John won Gruden's the biggest thinking? game of the season. Let's get you the bleep out of here, John Reggie. Gruden's sitting there, wakes up this morning after a big win. They fire Reggie McKenzie, sits back in his chair, and he says to himself, man, this is the bust, man. This is the bust. Now I got four first-round picks. I got nobody to share them with. This is my team now. I'm making all the mother-bleeping decisions. That's right, man. You're one year from Vegas. John Gruden's feeling great. Tell you what. You get a first-round pick. You go ahead and you get another first-round pick. What about the fork? You don't even need the fork. Because what you're going to do is you're going to stack both of those first-round picks on top of my third first-round pick. (laughs) That's the best, man. That's the best. That's the best. And for the Steelers... What the hell? Uh, just a stinker. And, you know, Big Ben's capable of doing that. Now, he did leave, and Dobbs came in. And I think it's very apparent that without Big Ben, the Steelers are terrible, which is 99% of NFL teams without their quarterback. But, man, that defense really struggled. They couldn't stop the Raiders hardly at all. They made Doug Martin look like it was back in 2010. And other than Juju... A.B. was nowhere to be heard from, and it was clear that regardless of what you think of James Conner, they missed his consistency back there because the tandem of Jalen Samuels and Stevon Ridley, while productive, sure, uh, just really, they really weren't able to get any kind of consistent rushing game going, and now they have to play the Patriots, who have owned them for years, and they're sitting there at 7-5-1, and one, I believe, and the Ravens are nipping on their heels at 7-6. and six. Now, Baltimore, we, we talked about it just a moment ago as we transition into that game. They lose to Kansas City. Now, defensively, Baltimore's been good all year long, and they go to Kansas City, and really, they were able to handle Mahomes in that offense, and they certainly do look a little less prolific. Now, Mahomes was throwing... Some passes that I don't think physically are even possible. Yeah, he, holy balls. There were two throws that he made, and Baker Mayfield made a couple. There there were some throws. Honestly, this whole Sunday, this was one of the best football Sundays that I can remember. I mean, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but this was the best Sunday of NFL football of all time. 
of all time. All time, I'm going on. Wow. Now, okay. we'll get Gil Brand on the show maybe, and he can confirm with us. I think he's the only guy <laughs> that can give us a true and honest assessment of that uh, opinion that I just that I just gave you. But I do think yesterday was – I mean, the witching hour, the red zone at, at about 2.45 was unreal. All those noon games basically went down to the freaking wire. You got Jeff Driscoll and company taking Phillip Rivers to the freaking – end of the ropes there. I mean, that, I mean, everything was just, all those games were incredible, but for Baltimore, best defense, really, statistically, they've been the best defense, even though we talk about the Bears and the Cowboys so often. Their defense is really good. They gave Mahomes and them in, uh, some fits, but, and you can see they're a little different without Kareem Hunt. Definitely, lose, that's, that's lose, what I was going into. You lose Tyreek Hill a little bit, and he came back. He seems to be fine. He had a heel or a foot thing going After on. After the game, he said that he's pretty hurt. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? He, he was okay. talking like that. I don't know if he's in danger of missing the next game, but he he said he was playing through a lot of pain. Gotcha. Well, they, he came back, whatever, and good for them, good for him. They get the victory, um, but yeah, they they're you can tell they're not quite the same. But then the number one defense in the league, they're without their running back, they're without their best receiver for a portion of that game. Kelsey's a freaking monster. He's been unbelievable. We know about Mahomes, but they still put up twenty seven points. Um, so when you're putting up twenty seven points. And that's the number one defense in the league. Wow, is all I can say. That's your bad game on your rough day. You're putting up 27 on the number one defense. Hey, I'll take it. I'm curious your thoughts on Lamar Jackson, though. Because the last two games, he's had to leave due to an injury. He had to get checked out for the concussion last week's game. Left the game against the Chiefs for a period to get looked at for injury. And that was kind of the knock on it, right? And that's what you worry about with these running backs that, that are running around, even though Josh Allen hasn't had an issue, and he just broke a record yeah. for most rushing yards by a rookie quarterback, beating Michael Vick out, which is incredible. I mean, the dude had, has over 100 yards the last two or three games. It's, it's unbelievable what Josh Allen's doing. But specifically on Lamar Jackson now, just kind of your thoughts on his play taking over for Joe Flacco because to me, it's not that he's been bad, but I do see the concerns that I think a lot of draft experts had and a lot of people looking at Lamar Jackson and, and really just his his build. He's just a very slender guy. You know, you, you look at a Dak Prescott who's a big, thick, built quarterback that they can take very a beating. Thin. Lamar Jackson, the complete opposite. Yeah. No, and the thing is, those guys never last. They just don't. And so if you're the kind of guy as a quarterback that has to, in order to be successful, carry the ball double-digit times every single game. He had 13 carries this game. He had a game earlier where he ran the ball, I think, 27 20 times. times. His first start. 27 times. Yeah, you're just you're not going to last in the league doing that. And this one was a concussion, and honestly, that's better than what it could have been when you think about some of the other injuries that he could that he could get. But over time, you aren't you're absolutely not going to last. Now, I've been a little more impressed with his throwing than I think some people have. I've heard some people that are a little more down on him, and I think it's just all an expectations thing. My expectations weren't overly high in terms of him throwing the ball, him reading defenses, and him doing that thing. And from from what I've seen from him. He's impressed me a little bit from that perspective because I, I was I didn't really know what to expect. Now he's he just runs the ball too much. Again, thirteen carries, that that's way too much. And he gets it's great, it's electric, it's awesome. We've seen it though. We've seen Michael Vick try it. We've seen Robert Griffin try it. When you're a guy who's small like that and you take those hits, you are just not going to last. And that's why if he doesn't develop 
more into being able to throw from the pocket and be more of a traditional quarterback and use his legs as still a threat, but not as his mainstay, then he he will be in trouble if he can't figure that out. A guy who is a very traditional quarterback, but also has mobility. Big friend of the show, my man, Andrew Luck. Captain Luck. Andrew himself. And if you remember, preseason, we were doing a Fuego Rapido, Fuego Rapido. And uh, you asked me, Andrew Luck. My initial reaction was, back in the playoffs. And he's got the Colts at 7-6. and six. Now, if they can outlast the Miami Dolphins... And these Baltimore Ravens, they're looking pretty. I mean, they snapped the Houston Texans' nine-game win streak. T.Y. Hilton had himself a day. Andrew Luck is playing great football. He's throwing the ball to no-name dudes and making them look successful. And on the road against the Texans team that had been playing, name a team better than the Texans right now. I mean, they're up there with the elites at at nine in a row after the 0-3 start. Very impressive victory for the Colts. Yes, absolutely. Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year. Love that guy. Big game. Almost four. I mean, three hundred ninety-nine yards passing, hundred ninety-nine yards receiving for T.Y. Hilton. What a game! And yeah, to beat, I mean, division opponent that was riding high, feeling good in the Houston Texans. That's a big win for them. And and Indianapolis is a team right now that is sitting right where they want to be. Like you said, they're in the mix. They're they're a game ahead of the Dolphins because they beat us head to head. And um, they're probably I would I would I would think they'll end up being the team that gets in. I don't know what their the the remaining schedule is for them, but they got me, my Cowboys. Yeah, I know they got at them. noon this weekend. Yeah, that's a tough one for them. A tough one for that's Dallas too. No, it's a tough one for both. It's, it's in Indy, right? It's in Indy. Yeah, and they just slayed a nine game winning streak. Can they slay the Cowboys five game winning streak? Yeah, that's true. Especially if, if there's no Zach Martin. Now the Cowboys played well without Martin in the lineup, which was very surprising to me, but. A full game, a whole week of preparation. Ah, it's nerve-wracking, man, to not have your best lineman. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. The Colts certainly, I mean, that's going to be a fantastic game, and we'll get to it. By the way, we're going to do a Cowboys conversation uh, tomorrow. Wednesday, we'll do a little hump day Cowboys conversation, so we're not going to go balls deep in Cowboys today. We're just going to gloss over everything that happened in this beautiful Sunday of NFL this weekend because we obviously we had last night's Monday night game. Uh, so we'll get to all of that, and then tomorrow we'll hit the Cowboys conversation hard, and we'll look ahead to that Indianapolis Colts game uh, for Sunday. So yeah, a lot of good stuff. Colts do it to to the butt chins, and Deshaun. You know, I have a submit. Deshaun Watson's a similar case with, with Lamar Jackson. Only Deshaun Watson is a much better thrower from the pocket, a much better quarterback. But he's had his times, and we really saw in that Cowboys game earlier in the season where he takes a lot of shots too. Deshaun Watson's going to have to be easy on that because he's not a very big guy either. Agreed. 100%. No doubt about that. Um, and, and you briefly touched on the Monday night game. Let, let's dive into that one. 21-7. Uh, to Seattle beats Minnesota. The Vikings have just really... They, they just haven't been that team that we expected them to be. And, not even close. And I thought that you know, they had such a magical run last year that they probably wouldn't duplicate the amount of success... Uh, I didn't think that they'd win that division. I thought Green Bay would. Now Green Bay stinks, even though they they did play pretty well for Philbin there. Good old Joe getting a victory against an absolutely terrible opponent. Oh, we'll, we'll but get to Joe. We'll get to Joe. They got to win. Uh, the Vikings, though, I mean, now they're, they're in a world of trouble. I think they fell to 6-6-1, six, six and one, and they are 
Currently on the outside looking in, I think, of, of the NFC playoff picture. If not, they're holding on for dear life for that six seed. I think they might be holding on for dear life for that six seed. And I think their biggest friend is, is Carolina because that's the other team that's completely yeah, self-imploded. That's, yeah, exactly. Uh, for Minnesota, they're definitely not the same team. And the, the, the matchup that we just saw for Monday night, I think, was the the two teams between the two teams that if the playoffs started today, the Cowboys would play in the first round. I'm pretty sure. At least well, that's they were how both it was five going and, into They the were game. five and six. So yeah, I think I think the Cowboys play Seattle. Yeah, okay. And, uh, so the that's Cowboys not a game Seattle. that I want. Not a game that you oh, want. You'd man. much rather play Minnesota. Which is weird. I never thought that I would say that, but yeah, I think I would rather play and, Minnesota. Um, but at least you'd get him at home. So that's the one Very good true. thing there. But you're right, Seattle. It's crazy. Seattle doesn't get enough credit for the resurgence um, and really just came coming out of nowhere of their offensive line becoming a strength of their team and a strength of their offense when that's been an Achilles heel for them. Really, even during their you know prime years a few years ago uh, and so they've really turned it on their running game is incredible i think they're one of the top three rushing teams in the league and that obviously has to do with russell wilson but they, they got penny they got carson you know and those guys are okay but their offensive line has done really good and they did a decent job against minnesota who we know about their front four and their front seven's really really good but Seattle was able to sort of have their way with them. And then on the op- on the opposite side, Minnesota, their offensive line is a huge problem. They don't give Cousins enough time. They don't really run the ball very well. They couldn't do much at all against Seattle. I mean, they get in the goal line. They can't, they can't push it in. Down, it's fourth and one, third and one. They can't, they can't convert because their offensive line is not good. And that's really been their biggest problem. They protected Keenum last year, and they're not doing the same for Kirk, and they're not opening up the holes for the running backs. And their offense looks, I mean, they only put up seven points when you have Thielen, you got Cousins, you got Cook, you got Diggs, you got Rudolph, and you're only putting up seven points. Man, Minnesota is not, I don't I don't think they end up getting in because just because of their, and they don't win against good teams. I think they're 0-5 or 0-6 now against teams with winning records. They're 6-1 and against the uh, against crappy teams. They really just beat the crappy teams. They can't win the big ones. And Kirk Cousins, he's never. I don't think he's ever won on Monday Night Football. I think he's now 0-7 on Monday Night Football, the only quarterback in NFL history to be that. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. Yeah, you really see Kirk Cousins underperform when the lights are brightest. That's just kind of how, how his career's always been, and you'd think maybe he's a solid quarterback going to a roster that's really good. All right, fine. If Case Keenum could have success in Minnesota, we all thought Kirk Cousins would. And the first month of the season looked like, all right, cool, they did the right thing here. They bring in Kirk. They look like a, a legit contender. It just hasn't panned out. And, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're to tell me right now, um, it's basically – Philadelphia, Carolina, and Minnesota fighting for that sixth and final spot. You've got Carolina and Philly both at six and seven. The Redskins are also at six and seven, but they're done. They're they're, they're I mean, if you saw, they were down forty to nothing to the Giants. They put in Josh Johnson, and it was a celebratory drinking party for them because finally they were able to get in the end zone, which is very sad. But I guess whenever you're starting Mark Sanchez, you're in a world of trouble. So if you're going to ask me now between the 6-7 and seven Panthers and Eagles or the 6-6-1 six, six and one Vikings, I still think the Panthers are the best team of those three. Roster-wise, I'd go Minnesota. But I would say with how Christian McCaffrey's playing, Cam Newton is, is wildly inconsistent, but I'd still take Cam over Kirk. And I think you and I both, when you get into these scenarios, we look at the quarterback, which is why I'd lean Carolina over those three. And quite frankly, 
for a matchup for the Cowboys, they're probably going to get locked in to have to play Seattle in, in that 4-5 matchup. And oh, that, That's not what you want. It's not what I want. Yeah. Seattle's always just a, a tough team, and I think they played, you could say maybe they played their best game of the season on Monday Night Football. Their defense certainly looked like the Seattle of old. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about the Vikings and their inability on offensively, but I think all the credit really deserves to go to Seattle and also your points towards the Seattle offensive line. I think that's the issue in Minnesota. Their offensive line is bad. No, I know. Their offensive line is bad. They are so bad. Yeah. They can't protect Kirk. They can't run the ball. And that's something they were able to do last year. They can't do it this year. And that's been crazy for them. That's why their drop-off has been what it has been, and that's why the Seahawks have risen over the last six weeks of the NFL season because their offensive line has just had completely reinvented themselves. I don't know how they've done it, but they've done it, and it's paid dividends for them, no question. So, yeah, props to Seattle for them making it happen. Now, you did mention the Green Bay Packers and Mr. Joe Phillips. Well, hold on one second. All right, give it to me. Before we get out of that game, because that game really, you know, you mentioned your fantasy team, the Chupacabras. Yeah. The debacle that you were in. Um, we moved on. I was in quite the war with friend of the show, one of our best, best listeners, and dear, dear friend Hayden. He just does a great job listening. Oh, man, we were in a, a freaking war, a slugfest, and I had Dalvin Cooksey's, and he had Adam Thielen's, and my oh my, he also had my boy Amari Cooper, and you talked about mm. Kenyon Drake and how you were able to win despite Kenyon pulling off that unbelievable miracle play. Well, Amari put up a 50-burger, and I had an opera- a slim chance because Dalvin Cook played pretty well, got that late touchdown. But Adam Thielen also got some late points, and I narrowly lose to Hayden. So, Hayden, congratulations, my man. Oh, really? You're going to give him a congratulations? I thought you were going to kind of give him a little bit of a go bleep yourself. No. You know what? I, I've always liked Hayden. It, and, good, and my a, team went out loser. there. and Look, if the reason I'm going to lose is because Amari Cooper puts the team on his bleeping back and carries the Cowboys to a dub, I can live with that. Fair enough. It is what it is. Fair enough. So, Hayden, go win the whole damn thing now, brother. What were you saying about Philbin? Um, in one hand, you want to give him props, you know, because he gets the dub, puts up 34 points on the Falcons, everybody's feeling good, Aaron Rodgers breaks the longest completions or longest pass attempts. Without an interception, breaks Tom Brady's record. It's a great day in Lambeau. But then you look, Joe Philbin trying to make a case to be the head coach, right? And they're, they're acting like they're giving him a shot. And listen, as a Dolphins fan, I know what what a what an organization looks like when Joe Philbin is the head coach. Not yeah. good. Looks a lot like 7-9. and nine. Or uh, bullies running the house? Yeah, that too. Um, the the it, incognito stuff did happen under him, right? Absolutely. It's not a good. It's not a good deal to have Philbin as your head coach. Although that Stanford dude was a total p. Philbin burned both of his challenges within the first ninety seconds what? of their game. He pulled a Sean Payton. He lost both of their challenges. He thought, "Oh yeah, this would be a good idea." He burned them both in under ninety seconds. Lost, losing both challenges, and he had a fantastic response. And uh, it's just. So Joe Philbin, the Packers get a dub. I think Joe takes the L. He was wanting to be the next head coach of the Green Bay Football Packers. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, actually, uh, 
I didn't want. I had enough big decisions to make during the course of the day. That I didn't want to have to make anymore, so I kind of got that out of the way. Um, plus, the flag didn't fit very good in my pocket. I was always, I didn't know if it was gonna fall out. No, I mean, you know, the first one certainly looked like we were I surprised we didn't win it. Um, but again, I've been surprised before. Probably, you know, uh, looking back at it, we'll uh, we'll evaluate it. But uh, might have been wise to hold on to that other one. But. I mean, how do you burn to? No, I thought we actually seconds. had a pretty good in-depth conversation on potential Packer coaches, and nowhere, shape, or form did either of us say Joe Philbin has Joe's a got realistic a shot. shot. No, but his his response was incredible, so shout-out to Joe for that. You, you took an L this week, Joe. Sorry about you, Joe. 90 seconds too quick. Go, Pack, go! Yeah, whatever, dude. All right. Congratulations to the New Orleans Saints. They came back after it looked a little bleak and were able to beat the Bucks on the road. They clinched their second consecutive NFC South Division title. The Rams, even though they lost, have also clinched the NFC West. And then the Kansas City Chiefs have clinched a playoff berth. And if they can defeat the L.A. Chargers on Thursday night, which is undoubtedly a sex game, my friend Eric Giafalo. It is one of the sexiest games of week bleeping 15. They too, I believe, can clinch the AFC West. So a few divisions are locked up. A few playoff spots are locked up as we kind of move on into looking at the week 15 schedule. Yeah, that's an incredible game. I think there's a handful of really good games this weekend, including your football Cowboys with the Colts. I know the Monday Nighters, Saints, and, and Panthers ain't bad. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, always a fun time, even though the Steelers defensively are just so frustrating. We talked about it the way they cover Keenan Allen last week and the way they defend the Patriots. Just watch it. The Patriots just do whatever they want. Their slot guys will go crazy. They don't, they don't disrupt the timing of the Patriots receivers and offense at all. And they just sit there in the zone and Brady picks them apart. Their linebackers get worked. So that's what's going to happen there. But, yeah, there's a, there's a handful of good games. I do want to mention that the Cleveland Browns won another football game. And Greg Williams might actually be uh, an awesome coach. Maybe maybe, maybe Greg Williams. Awesome? Maybe Greg Williams. Awesome? Maybe, well, Greg Williams would tell you he's awesome. Now, he's maybe Greg Williams. Coach. Maybe Greg Williams gets to end up, uh, you know, we say Joe Philbin had himself a chance. He squandered it. Maybe Greg Williams. I think Greg Williams finds certainly himself has a in the driver's seat. It's Cleveland. Uh, apparently, everybody's got a chance. That's true. Condoleezza Rice has a chance at that job. Baker Mayfield threw some balls, though, man. Holy Dolphins, smokes. He oh, he, some balls. Baker, Baker can throw some balls. No doubt about it. And uh, I think Greg Williams has won like three games or something. And. And yeah, I think they've like, won five. I think they're five, seven, and one. Yeah. And, and Greg Williams has won three out of like five or something like that and Hugh Jackson won three out of 40 and I think uh, Cleveland is like let me see what the stat is here but look if Cleveland wins out they got a shot at that no, six they, spot that's what I'm saying they absolutely do and they're three and two since Hugh Jackson got fired the Bengals are 0 and four since they had Hugh Jackson come on board <laughs> yeah Hugh Jackson is I think just, Hugh just shouldn't coach again anymore. Like Hugh, just, just no, get out of coaching. And guess who's in line to, to unseat Marvin Lewis, the guy who that would be so Cincinnati. The guy who cannot. I mean, the, the most the guy who's maintained his job. The guy who's the last, not a leader. 
cannot command a room, is not a leader of men, basically goes in there and screams, follow me! Well, Marvin Lewis is pretty much undefeated in terms of not getting fired as a head coach. Yeah. The only way to stop him, Hugh Jackson. Unbelievable. That's remarkable. And the Brownies are in Denver against the Broncos. Yeah, both of those teams are in the mix, baby. Yeah, the Broncos did not look good against the 49ers this past oh, week. Oh, Big Dick Nick Mullins, George Kittle. Man, we need to show love How about George Jeffrey Kittle. Wilson? Yeah, Ta, baby, go mean green. Yeah, but this was the week for, uh, it was for Kittle, man. I mean, It was Kittles and Biddles, no doubt about some it. yards. Unbelievable game. I got a stat for you from Give David me, Lombardi. Yeah, bus, man. Give it to me. David Lombardi, at Lombardi himself on Twitter. Yards after the catch in 2018. Who do you think would be the, the the number one player in the league in terms of yards after the catch? Number one, man. Number one. Number one is that what you're telling me? Could be receiver, man. Could be could be running back. Is it the Kittles? George Kittle is number two in yards after catch in the NFL. This well, year. One, his big his long touchdown had to have been. Yeah, well, he had like seventy a, yeah, yards. Yeah, he had like a seventy yarder, or it might have been like an eighty yarder. Either way, it was huge. He had like two hundred plus yards on Sunday. He has 708 yards after the catch. Who's number season. one, Tyreek? Number one is none other than Christian McCaffrey. Mm, gosh, he's been so good. And Kittle's only two yards behind him in yards That's after wild. catch. That's wild. He has more than Saquon Barkley, more than James White, more than Juju Smith-Schuster, and that rounds out your top five. Yeah, that's truly incredible. George bleeping Kittle, man. I mean, we talk about, we know Gronk, but he's sort of fading. Uh, you have the Travis Kelsey that everybody points to. I think George Kittle now needs to be in that conversation. Big Dick Nick Mullins. And uh, actually, speaking of the 49ers, um, I kind of need to make an apology. So, Walchuk, if we could actually cut the music off. Wow, this is a big moment. Can we, can we cut the music? Sure. Yeah, no, I just, uh, to 49ers Nation, I want to issue an apology. Last week on the Nosebleed Seats podcast, uh, we got to talking about, with the loss of Mike McCarthy, uh, red faces in the NFL, red leathery faces, and I was remiss in not mentioning Mr. Kyle Shanahan. And I just want to say that I'm truly sorry about that. Uh, Kyle is really a prodigy. When it comes to this sort of thing, we know about the lineage. Mike, Mike, you know, definitely he's, red face. He's game. in the Hall of Fame of red leathery faces for NFL head coaches, and and Kyle is in line to really, you know, carry that family torch. And the fact that I didn't bring him up last week, I just want to say I'm sorry to the 49ers. I'm sorry to Kyle. Sorry to, to all of the Shanahan's. Really, I got an edible arrangement on the way, Kyle. Uh, for the kids and, and for the misses. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. You are absolutely guaranteed a top five red face coach in the league. So what comes in and the he's a arrangement, guy, by the way? Is he's it, young. I think we got that red face is going to be cookie sitting bouquets, in the league for a while. Or is it like a fruits? What, I mean, what the hell is in the edible arrangement? Um, the edible arrangement, Scott, you know, for, for the ones that I put together, the strawberries and chocolate, and the the pineapple and chocolate is huge for me. If you don't have pineapple, pineapple and chocolate, if you don't have pineapple and you don't have strawberry in your ed- edible arrangement, you're doing it wrong. If you don't have chocolate, you're doing it wrong. And I know it's not edible, but I put a little flowers in mine too. It just it makes the whole thing a little bit more optically pleasing. Um, so it's inviting. It smells good. It I feels just, good. It tastes good. Yeah. Put it in the fridge. Keep it chill. It's too healthy for me. The fruit's too healthy. The Shanahan's love the fruit. I want some cookie book case. All right, let's get that music back. I right, pop it up. Okay. 
So I will say a game that is looking, you know, I'd say a little pop dog, half pop, half pop dog. Happens to involve your slight chub. You're Miami Dolphins. Oh, and the Vikings. Two teams right now that are fighting for playoffs. Holy shit, man. Yeah. We're in the fucking mix, bro. Yeah, dude. I don't know how. That's two in the hunts. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, we're in the hunt, and it's a shame. Now I'm glad we got them on a short week. I'm glad we're playing in a dome and not the tundra. Of Although Minnesota. it is in Minnesota, that's thank a tough God. Place to but play. it is in Minnesota, and uh, Minnesota. You, you know how the Minnesotans do, man. Yeah, they're playing pond hockey this time of year, and they lost. Got embarrassed. Offense was terrible on Monday Night Football. Damn you, Thielen. It's a redemption game. Uh-huh. They're going to beat the shit out of us. Woo! They sure are. And I bet Dalvin Cook has 50 gajillion points. Playoffs I, on the bleeping line. I'm fighting for third place, damn it. The arms on Danielle Hunter, or however the hell you say his first name. I, I always thought it Daniel was Danielle. Or Daniel, Danielle, Danielle. I know it's Hunter. Daniel. Number 99. He's the defensive end. His From LSU. arms. Yeah. His bleeping arms big are the most head. insane things yeah, I've gosh. seen in the league. The veins, the size, and the definition. Holy bleep. He is quite the cock tease. Tannehill is in trouble. He is in trouble. He is certainly in trouble. Other big games, Packers-Bears. That's Philbin. Packers Christo. are still in it, baby. They're still in it, and the Bears are at home. The Bears might have gotten the win of the weekend, though. You know, beating the Rams, who are probably going to take that, come home, I don't know why NBC Sunday Night Football kept this game. They didn't flex out of it. It's Eagles at Rams for Sunday Night Football. And I guess maybe it'll be fun, but the Eagles, to me, are dead in the water, especially after losing the Cowboys They should have flexed Cowboys freaking Colts. No, no, no. What they should have done is flexed Patriots Steelers. Or Patriots Steelers. That's That's, that's that's what I think should have been the Sunday Nighter uh, if you're going to flex one of these games. But... Certainly, Cowboys Colts could have been entertaining. I just don't want to watch a team like the Eagles who's out of it, you know, on prime time. They're, they're not out of it, out of it yet. Yeah, but but they're pretty much out of it. I agree with you. And, and I think the Rams are going to have an offensive explosion all over the place after the Bears just were able to really smother them. I mean, Todd Gurley might have had the worst game of his career. No, he only had 11 carries. Here at Goff they was tried atrocious. to establish the run with like five minutes to go in the game when they were down by two scores. Yeah, not a good day for the Rams. And the end of that game was so weird. It was like both teams were just like, okay, this one's over. We're going to live to find another day. It was a one-possession game. The Bears are taking knees and then punting the football with 35 seconds to go back to the Rams, who now have a chance to go down the field and tie the game if they can get a a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And instead, they run one play. They pick up like 10 to 15 yards on a check down, and then everybody just says, all right, we're done. And they, they all walk onto the. It was just the weirdest ending to a competitive one score game that I've ever seen. Sean McVay literally told his boys, guys, we, we've been beaten here. We're not going to win this game. It is what it is. Really strange. Really strange. Yeah, I hear you. That is strange. And it is kind of funny because it's after the whole week, everybody was just basically just blowing Sean McVay because he knew all the names and the starters of the defense for the Bears and everybody was going crazy. And so I love McVay and he's awesome and he's shown some crazy things. We played it on the show when he showed his memory, which is just unbelievable. But everybody was just literally on their knees just saying, Sean, come here, because he freaking gave everybody in a press conference all the starters on defense. And then his team proceeded to go out and score how many points? Was it zero? Six. Six points. Sheesh. So way to go, McVeigh. I think I think the Rams are a much different team in weather like that, in conditions like that. Fortunately for the Rams, they're going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, except for if they play New Orleans. 
And when they play New Orleans, they at least get to play in the Dome. So the elements aren't really going to come into factor when the playoffs get here, but you can see the Rams are not the kind of team that do well. In particular, Jared Goff does not do well when it is cold. He's a California guy through and through. He's not trying to go play in Windy City, Chicago. Absolutely not. Fortunately for them, they won't have to worry about that come playoff time. But Chicago, and unfortunate for Chicago, they're probably only going to get one home game in the playoffs. A night freezing cold home game for Chicago with that defense bodes well for them in any scenario. They're only going to get probably one of those opportunities in the playoffs. And that, to me, is going to be the difference. If you If this game was played in L.A. or even just on a neutral field, I would still lean towards L.A. winning that game. Yeah, I do think it is uh, optimistic, though, uh, for you know being a Cowboys fan. The Cowboys and Bears are very similar in the fact that they have maybe the two best defenses in football. We talked about the Ravens. They can be included in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But we've now seen it back-to-back weeks. New Orleans, high-powered, vaunted offensive attack, goes to Dallas. Cowboys are able to beat him with elite defense. Rams, certainly the weather conditions play a factor, but they go on the road, they play a team that can run the football and has a good defense, and they lose. So I think it does. It, you know, if I think a month ago we were shaking in our boots. If you're a fan of the Bears or the Cowboys, thinking crap, we might have to play the Saints or the Rams. Now you're thinking, you know what? We have a shot. We have a shot because we can run the football and we can play good defense, and we've proven that that can slow down those elite offenses, but absolutely um, for the Rams not having to go and play a cold weather playoff game is huge for them. Yeah, and I do think that loss of Cooper Cup is really starting to show, and it's going to show up even more. Reynolds is decent. He's a solid replacement when you think about replacement level guys, but Cooper Cup was flourishing in that offense, and that offense was unbelievable, and now without him I think I think that loses a solid element of their of their defense or of their offense and their offense their offensive line is was really 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 good last year they've been pretty good this year as well but they got dominated by that Bears front seven they did they did and the Bears look good uh, the Bears look at the Packers and the Rams will host the Eagles on Sunday night football a game that like I said uh, will probably be a get well game for that Rams offense especially with how banged up that Eagles secondary is right now. So, we'll see. Next week, another fun slate. This past weekend was bleeping awesome. We are the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo, the show everyone can afford to listen to. Rate us, subscribe, hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Come poised. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 